Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a service department that takes care of the routine, oil changes, inspections, and the tough stuff with diagnostics, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. The Yankees in the clutch. Swing and a liner to left, base hit, put it in the books. Here comes Escobar, he scores the winning run. Marte slams his helmet down at first. The Mets have swept the Yankees. They have defeated them 3-2. to two. The Mets pour out of the dugout. They are mobbing Starling Marte to the right of second base. Howie Rose with the call on the Mets network. I thought your team like was unstoppable. Hurts. Hurts. You sound like you're in pain. <laughs> Let's just take care of business against KC, and then we'll get things back on track here. I mean, I haven't heard that much pain since the fourth quarter of a Shikolami drive when the game was out of control. Get right. the lingerie um, on the deck. Call the janitor. With that, we bring in our good friend Mark Wogenrich from SI.com. Welcome back, Mark. Great to hear you. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks. Hey, thanks for playing that, too. As I, I joined Matt as being a Yankees fan, so it's nice to hear the uh, sweep call. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, that, that's actually what I was listening to last night. I had a Spikes game last night up at Williamsport. I literally got in the car in the bottom of the ninth inning. I went, oh, okay. That's the only part I heard. So, all right. Mark, it is the talking season, and boy, there's a lot been a lot of talk. <laughs> what really? Hardly. I think they yeah. solved everything this week, right? In Indy. Yeah, I feel <laughs> absolutely. We're on our way. We know which <laughs> networks. We know how much money. We know the new schedule. Oh, that's right. We know none of it. Uh, so I want. I'll get to the football part first, then we'll get to the other issue part in a moment. Uh, James Franklin, I think, uh, sounded a very optimistic tone about his team. How did you? view it much the same way yeah um and he did last year too i think that you know i think he even noted that if you come in there and say and say it's not been a great summer then you're already having you're bringing a defeatist attitude which he certainly won't do i was struck i was struck by his his joking tone but there was that kernel of truth behind it when he just when he mentioned about the offensive line and i've heard him say it year after year after year. I really think the offensive line is going to be the strength of this team this year. He pulled back on that. There was, you know, as I said, there's a bit of a joking tone, kind of a light tone to it. But I think he made that point in that he's not going to come out and over, I think, over-represent a group 
that people have a ton of questions about, particularly coming off a year, which statistically, if I remember, was like the second worst rushing season in Penn State history, and you know, per yards or yards per game yeah. average. So I, you know, I appreciated that moment. That also leads me to believe that he likes. He's got a lot of signals there. I think internally that he feels pretty good about his offensive line, at least going through like a six or seven player uh, deep group of players that uh, that he has online for that group. Everything else, it looked like um, he had a pretty well. They're pretty well established going into yeah. training camp. I don't see a super ton of position battles going on. You know, maybe for reserve roles and you know rotational spots and stuff like that but it i mean it really sounds like i would think a majority of those spots are pretty well settled that's not the worst problem to have you know four days before you start camp yeah no i i feel like let's just take defense i think there's many as 26 or 27 guys that will be playing in the rotation Mm -hmm. on defense when i really sit down and jack ham and i have taken a long look at it as the guys we think at least starting out can play they could play as many as 26, 27 guys. That's a good problem to have. And I also thought, actually, to me, the biggest slice of news in the whole thing from James was when he talked about P.J. Mustafer and uh, getting through the conditioning part. Oh, no question. And he brought that up. It was an entertaining way he brought that up because, I mean, I you know, if P.J. ate as much as James said he did, that's $300 at St. Elmo, I think. Yeah, and... yeah you, and I, you and I know that that price. <laughs> And so I was just maybe I don't know did did by mentioning St. Elmo and the Dias did, did that cover dinner? No. Uh, that that makes Craig <laughs> that makes Craig Holtz feel a lot better. The Penn State who runs it better believe it. That, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, huge I mean, news that did, PJ. And when, then he, yeah, when I mentioned absolutely. it, when I mentioned I was there in March, it didn't cover my bill, but I still mentioned <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, we, they've given us the nice room that that that, yes. that beautiful private room. Now that's been great, but you know the bill was still. Full. Yes, totally worth it. Yes. Anyway, that yeah, absolutely. That that PJ is, you know, that hundred percent range at least physically. The conditioning test being the the big moment. Having him back uh, at at full strength, you know, no matter when you get him at full strength, how many weeks it takes really to be at full speed physically, mentally, you know, speed wise, everything like that. I, I, you know, I think he, as a veteran, he is able to, uh, I think, to ramp himself up uh, more quickly than some younger players would. But that's a core, that's a core position um, a veteran set us to have in that middle. And then you mentioned all the players. I mean, James has said it multiple times that he thinks he has both sides of ball, a ton of players who can play. And then looking through that defense, I mean, the starting defense that you're going to see against Purdue, imagine how different that could be, not even necessarily through like injuries or anything like that, but just playing time by mid-season, later in the season, as more players get experienced, get acclimated, and uh, kind of win their way uh, onto that onto the field. I mean, there's, a, there's a ton of guys yeah. that really could be more than, you know, just more than, you know, eight, ten plays a game kind of players. Well, that's when I get back to P.J., for example. Let's take the depth there. He doesn't have to play 70 plays for them, in my opinion. I mean, if he plays 30, 35 plays, great, because Ellie's an Izzard. Uh To me, the the plus 
The downside is losing Mustafa. The plus is they got to play a lot more last year. Yeah, well, and they played with Derek Tangelo, which was uh, probably a really good, right. you know, built-in element to have them uh, to have them there. And then you've got Vandenberg, you've got Beeman back, and then you add in Zane Durant. That's six guys. Mm-hmm. See, that's what takes the the pressure off a guy like PJ coming back. And a lot of, you know, going through when the summer we've been up there for a couple of the media sessions, two players that really kind of came up were Zane Durant and Jordan Vandenberg as guys that we really haven't seen. I mean, we saw Jordan um, a little bit last year, places, you know, places here and there, and Hakeem mm-hmm. two years ago. But if though if they have impact player ability uh, going for them, I, you know, the kind of rotation Scott, John Scott can use, I mean, he can really just kind of tinker uh, with that group and be incredibly situational, using guys against, you know, in down and distance and, and against packages and formations and, uh, you know, really, really leverage that. It'd be interesting with, you know, the way Manny Diaz likes to call. I mean, I think James called it a downhill defense. That he could incorporate those guys too into some into um, the elements, you know, the the rush, the the, the rush game that he uh, really like truly believes in. James does believe in the running game. He really mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. Uh, and because he feels if you if you've got the threat of balance, now the defense is thinking. So let's so in the running game. You and I both know, Mark, they put a lot of time in on the running game in the spring. So what was your reaction to some of the elements he talked about with the running game? Going just over the year and talking to, like, Kevon Lee and Jaywan Sider, even them kind of building up to what James was discussing about the run game, I really feel like that they're – they don't necessarily, as you mentioned, the balance. I don't think they they view this as this has to be a fifty fifty split or a sixty forty split. Right over the court, yeah, over the course of twelve thirteen games, even in the game. But you know, there's still obviously situations where they might be calling Sean to throw forty forty five times, and that perfectly mm-hmm. fits in sync with that offense straight away against Purdue. I mean, that might be a game where he's coming out slinging. Because you know, against Purdue's defense, that sort of thing. But if you have guys, not just who can run, but who can break tackles and who can get you yards, this is one of the main things that they weren't doing last year. Is that yards after yards after contact? They were last in the Big Ten, according to the one stat service that I had subscribed to. They were last in the Big Ten in yards after contact, so they weren't getting mm-hmm. tough yards. And you heard Jay Wanside say that, and you know, you've heard. James Franklin say that over time. Even Mike Jersey just said that. Tough yards, you know, tough yards matter. Tough yards matter in situations to get you in um, better down and distance situations and to keep yes. you, as James likes to say, on schedule. Those are when mm-hmm. I think when he's talking about running game, he doesn't. It's not this idea that you need to be a 180, 200 yard a game mm-hmm. dominant rush team, but you need to have a run game that can support the totality of the offense in keeping you either on a down schedule or getting a third and two. Right. And, without, and again, without having to resort right. to a Philly special or something like that. Right. 
No, the word, look, to me, here, here's where one of the keys to the running game is this. I can go play action pass, and you have to respect it because I actually can run the yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. That's the good at it, of it. Too. You know, Sean has yeah. a good little play action move. Yeah. And, and as a veteran, you know, he could, you know, him being able to do that. I, you know, I go back to the run with Trace had a great one. Trace McSorley had a yes. great play action. And that was, you know, that was so beneficial to that offense. If they are able to cultivate that again with a guy who is on first down, whoever the running back may be, keep on down to the freshman. If on first down they're getting you five, the world opens up again. Yep, no question. Uh, the other part's dealing with the, the commissioner. Um, he had his press conference. He, uh, he said some stuff, <laughs> but nothing nothing specific along the way. Um, how did you view what he said about expansion moving forward? Notre Dame. Yes, and then <laughs> that's, that's there exactly are any what other... I thought. <laughs> Yeah, yep. uh, and if there are any other schools that we deem that could be uh, commissioned then in tandem with them, perhaps, but Notre Dame, it's not so much what he said, but I've been reading some of the other, you know, his, some of the national media that he gave access to, um, where he discusses this a little bit more, and mm-hmm. overall, the tone of that coverage has been very complimentary. It's very different than it was in 2020. Right. Um, I think, and and you know, rightfully so, that he, you know, he came into just an unfathomable situation uh, in college football in the Big Ten at the time. And uh, you know, at Sports Illustrated, Ross Elger reported that he was receiving death threats in 2020 after um, yeah. cancel, initially canceling the the season. So this, the tone of this coverage seemed to me that after two years now Kevin Warren was in a position of strength with the media rights package and being um, kind of an offense, taking an offensive stance in bringing aboard USC and UCLA. So I think that probably took, that was where his tone stemmed from, it seemed to me, uh, with regard to expansion, is that he just pretty much seemed to say, we will expand when we feel, you know, the, the next... Uh, expansion target is out there and available and you know he didn't have to say Notre Dame but it was pretty much implied yes right it, well and that, there's the, the other part to it the part where t- where USC and UCLA would be full partners coming in mm-hmm. um, now because obviously their mere presence because it's the beginning of a TV contract their mere presence is going to take a great number and make it even better but yeah. I think there was another message in there, too. Hey, Notre Dame, if you come in, you'll be a full partner, too. I, yeah, I, I kind of read yeah. between the lines on that. Absolutely. I, I mean, I that when I saw that line about um, the, the full partnerships, which, again, as you made, you said, you made sense, I would think USA and UCLA made that part of their negotiating stance, negotiation stance, saying yep. we're going to come in and we're going to raise – what are we going to raise your media rights deal? 10, 20%? I don't know. 30%? Right. I mean, we're going to have action on this, so we want to be full partners right away as opposed to what you know what happened with Maryland and Rutgers. And, you know, when you negotiate, you're already able to send signals like that. So, uh, absolutely. That, <laughs> that was pretty savvy uh, on his part uh, to say, you know, the next, you know, again, imply the fact that the next 
next big addition also could come in as a uh, as a hundred percent full partner. The key is USC and UCLA had leverage. Rutgers yeah. and Maryland had none. Um, that, that, Notre Dame. Actually, <laughs> well, exactly. Forty-eight million for Rutgers, one hundred twenty point five million for Maryland. Uh, and but USC and UCLA had leverage. Rutgers, Maryland, even Nebraska had none. Mm-hmm. But Notre Dame has leverage, so they know which side they fall on. Yeah, and I mean, I think have you mentioned this before? Producer mentioned this before. That what happens if. NBC is part of the media rights deal. How does that? How does you know that lay out basically a red carpet for Notre Dame, essentially to be almost almost maintain its 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 you know current media deal and and join a conference? It is obvious in in hearing what the commissioner said when he used the words five to one hundred and five as to how media is consumed. But then yeah. Mark Silverman, Mark Silverman in private interviews. Uh, was even more direct about it because there's been a concern among athletic directors in the Big Ten and some of the presidents about you know streaming. All right, I think that some of those fears have been put to the side. It be, has become obvious now. It doesn't take a genius. There's going to be a streaming option. It doesn't mean it's extensive or anything. But what do you think about that? I think it has to be in there. Um... And that doesn't mean that the Big Ten title game is going to be on Apple TV or anything like that. I mean, those right. the monumental games, the big the games that we know of now are still going to be on the big. Uh, I think are just general television cable platforms for. I don't want to say foreseeable future, but I don't know another decade, perhaps. I don't know. I, I don't that shift is going to go maybe quicker than I expect, or maybe there's it's going to come loop around and the streaming services are going to collapse under themselves for, you know, lack of additional subscribers. I, I, you know, I really don't know. But there has to be. There has to be a streaming element to it because that's the future of viewership. I mean, I, I you know, I did a story like four years ago about uh, the Pennsylvania State uh, wrestling tournament going to a streaming service, um, went to Flow Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because the market, I mean, the wrestlers have flow wrestling. And, you know, the people in the, at the uh, the Giant Center in Hershey, a lot of them there were like, what on earth is flow wrestling? You know, because they're older generations, but quickly uh, they adhere to it. And, I, you know, talking to some of the coaches, I, you know, the coaches, again, three or four years ago were telling me, that kids who don't watch television, they watch flow on YouTube. And that, again, this was before TikTok. This was before you know, kind of like really video, like stream. Mm-hmm. You know, stream video has, it was even more saturated than it is. It ha- I just think streaming absolutely has to be an element of this. And you know, may, you might sneak a couple of games in there here and there, but it's a matter of what are they going to? How much are they going to? Uh, how much you know, streaming services going to pay for that? I'm thinking I might bid. In there, I might throw a bid for like Penn State's first offensive play of the second quarter. <clears throat> Excuse me, of like a non-conference game in 2025. You know, I, what did that cost me? Ten grand? I really have no idea, but I might have rights to that one play. You've always been bold, and I've admired that. <laughs> bold and aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, always a pleasure, my friend. I uh, can't so wait much, to see you media day. Yeah, appreciate it. See you then. Thanks, Mark Wogenrich. SI.com.
the king is in the final half hour. He and Matt will commiserate on last night's impressive Yankee performance. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. None of you guys are happy. I don't, I don't get it. My, my team's terrible, and I'm perfectly fine over here. I don't understand what the... I'm worried about you. <laughs> Check ESPN. The Yankees make any other trades? Ooh, well, it looks like they may move Judge to the Padres. No. No? No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Oh, come on. He's not hitting. What are you worried about? All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I have some great news. Before we get to the great news, because I've come up with a, I think it's a great idea. The idea is the news. Today's show uh, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee, which is so important. And a great service department that handles everything, makes it one-stop vehicle shopping. Inspections, routine, oil changes, tough stuff, diagnostics, all at Sunbury Motors. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. As talking with Mercy, we think that you need... An emotional support animal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nah, I'll pass, but I appreciate the sentiment. We think you desperately need an emotional support animal. (laughs) Listen, a visit with Bullers every once in a while, uh, a a visit with Lynn Hall's cat every once in a while, that's fine. But I don't don't need one 24-7. I'm good. I think it's more important than ever. (laughs) 
Little Luke, little Mark pulling at the tail. No, I don't know. Uh, here we go. Uh, do we have oh, just my fillings move. Um, <laughs> do we have the king yet? Yes, king is here. King. Hello. How's it going? Doing great. Uh, you know, we're going to go over to the SPCA and get mad an emotional support animal. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. We're getting a uh, rescue dog? No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I'm just saying, we just think Matt needs it. <laughs> An emotional support. We got one of them. It's a good little dog. Well, there you go. Perfect. Well, hey, I, I heard your... I was working on quotes this morning, so I put on one of your interviews. I forgot the guy's name. But you guys were talking about the Big Ten. It was like a 15-minute long thing. Yeah. It was online. It was good. You did a good job. Well, so, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get State's better at this pick job. up this year, man. This is, this is, they're not I, in the conversation anymore. And I don't fine. remember I don't that being that way, you know? I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that because I think, now, you got to stay healthy. I mean, the team you start with in August has got to be, for the most part, the team you have when you start September 1st. I mean, that's always the key to all this. Well, the key to me is how's your offensive line. Well, and that's what, and and all of us have taken the same viewpoint on it. Do we think they can be good? Yes. But we're not going to proclaim that, any of us, until we see a practical application. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's interesting how I took that stance a couple of months ago, and and James and I never talked about it. Never did. I mean, sometimes in the offseason we'll talk about, you know, a, a couple things along the way that are important points. We never had that conversation. It turned out he goes out to Indianapolis said almost verbatim what I've been saying. So we're thinking the same way. Does he watch Big Brother? That's never come up. <laughs> Tonight's like the Super Bowl of Big Brother. Huge Is it really? blindside eviction. Oh, you got to watch. Oh, hey, This is a big geez, one. I, so. Oh, Don't my know. almighty! Darn, I, I've got a game tonight. Oh, boy. Oh, it's live. It's a live eviction, you know? Oh, boy. Have you seen the Maybe. challenge? The challenge is ah. real good. Oh. Wow, man. Oh. Well, it sounds like I need an emotional support animal. All right. Um, <laughs> geez. Yeah. I, I just, it, um, like I was watching ESPN the other day, and they had the Big Ten top five teams. Mm-hmm. They're not in it. You know, I'm like, wow. What yeah, but ESPN is dumb. They weren't in the top five in the Big Ten. It's all, so. it's all right. I, I I don't worry about that. Well, they were 11 the and 11 in their last, what, two years? I mean, they're, they're a 500 right. team. No, I know. Believe me, I, know? I was a witness. <laughs> they finished last year 2-6. and six. I mean, that's, I know. that's kind I know, of tough I, to swallow. I know the quarterback was hurt and stuff like that, but you got to have depth. To be considered good, you have to have depth. Yeah, that's and why I think. My question that's why I is, think how come gonna... they're not recruiting the way they used to? Oh, they are now. Oof. Well, they are. They now. are. The last, the last two recruiting classes, yikes. Uh, yeah, really. Like, we're re- talking re- top three. Yeah. Um, well. So, they, I mean, that's what you have to do. But I think they. this one we're talking about depth, 
My thought process is, and Jack and I have talked about it, we think that there are 26 or 27 guys just on defense that we think are good enough to play. Yeah. And that's the that's the depth you're talking about. Um, and I think, look, and I'm just going to let the season play out because Jack and I privately have talked about this. There's a lot of things about this we really like, but we're going to let it play out. And I and I, I think it might be fun to watch it play out. Uh, what what people talk about in July, a yeah, lot of times is not rea- yeah. is not reality in October. And I'll give you an, an example. I'll I'll give you an individual example. And this is not to pick on somebody at all, but one year ago today, who was the hottest name in college football? Spencer Rattler, the quarterback at Oklahoma. He was the hot guy. He was the preseason Heisman favorite. He was a preseason Heisman favorite. He had all this NIL money. All right, the whole thing. And, again, I'm not picking on him, but I'm using that as an example. Yeah, but you're just telling a fact. That's not picking on him. He got pulled. Pulled what, the second or third game? Right, and it didn't pan out for him. So what you say in July and what is reality in October? Two different things. With Penn State, this is a long time ago example. When Penn State won the national championship in 1982, they were preseason 14. They ended up winning mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, so that's you let it, you let it play out, and you've got to get through a training camp, and you've got to stay. You have to be fortunate. You have to stay as healthy as you can. And and again, let's go back to last year. Going into training camp, I'm hoping Akeem Beeman's going to be able to play. Well, situation, he couldn't play at all. You're hoping in training camp, when you're watching it, that you think Malik Mega has a chance to be really good. Then Mega gets banged up in training camp and misses six weeks of the season. Okay. Mm. You're looking at the starting offensive line. You see Sal Wormley starting to come on, and boy, he's won that left guard spot. He's won it. And in Beaver Stadium, he gets hurt. And he's out for the year. And suddenly now, the depth you're talking about does get tested. But guys that you were counting on to be important parts of what you're going to do, you now have to adjust. And this happens to every team. Oh. And, Dick Girard, and Dick Girardi made a really great – we were talking today because I had to work out some travel for Charleston basketball on a Thursday, Friday, and then get up to Rutgers to do football and then get back to Charleston on Sunday for a game. So we were talking about the workability of it, which, by the way, we worked out. And Dick said, you know, I said, we have to take the worst-case scenario you know, that in terms of time, which is the best-case scenario for Penn State that Penn State beats Furman in the opening game and then plays the later game on Friday, and then I've got to base my flight off the later game. So that game would be at 2.30. And Dick says, yeah, geez. He says, and to be honest with you, Steve, he says, I know they won 22 games last year. He said, but it's getting to the point now where everybody's moving around so much. I I don't have any idea who's good anymore. And you know what? I feel that way about almost everything we're doing in college. There's so much movement around. You're, I think everybody's guessing as to who's really good. I don't think anybody knows who's on what team. Uh, exactly. Even uh, their own fans don't know. 
Hey, we got no, him. Really? And you, you root for the uniform, but God, you want to root for that guy? I remember when he was a freshman, and now, I mean, now if you're good, you're gone in two years. You know, mm-hmm. if you're good yeah. but you don't start your first year, you transfer and go to where you can play, and that's yep. you know that the rah rah of it is gone. So. Yeah. And that's just the nature of the year 2022. So money talks and you know what walks. So but anyway, well, it's still going to be yeah. fun. I just think if their, their whole problem last year was their offensive line, their inability mm-hmm. to hold on to the ball, the defense was on the field all the time, the quarterback got sacked, God knows how many times, and mm-hmm. they couldn't run yeah. the ball at all. So, yeah. if well, you can run uh, the ball, you control yeah. the line of scrimmage. It opens yeah. up your passing game. You, even if you don't score, you keep the ball for three, four, or five minutes. Keep the other team's offense off the field. Whatever that offensive line is the key. And yeah. and I, I hope and they're strong this year. Is it the same five guys or no? No, the cent- the center Scruggs is back, and Juice is a really good player. Yeah. Played a lot of guard last year. He's going to be the center this year. Uh, Caden Wallace is back at right tackle. He probably had his best spring. Now you're getting the guys who uh, step in. Olu Fashionu at left tackle. I thought well, in the bowl game against Arkansas, played he played the way I thought he would. I thought he'd be really good. He was. Landed Tangwall, highly regarded freshman, finally got into a couple games late in the year and played well in the bowl game. Sal Wormley is back, and they've got a transfer that is also, I think, has a chance if he stays healthy to play a lot. So, And they've got two freshman running backs that are really good, and one's the Gatorade National Player of the Year, Nicholas Singleton. All right, really? we have to get to well, that. Yep. Good news. Yep. We'll so get you, to you could have a breakout running back. So yep, it, so we're going to take. They a, have a, you answered my questions. That they have question marks, but it's positive. Yep. So what we're going to do is take a break. Headlines next on News Radio 1070 WK. All right, so let's get to headlines. All right, so we're going to start things off with something James Franklin talked about yesterday, which is the most important thing we talked about, was the deal that P.J. Mustafer had at St. Elmo's yesterday to celebrate his final time getting through the conditioning test at Penn State. And my sources tell me P.J. Mustafer may or may not be getting some NIL deals now from other steakhouses knowing what he just did the other night. <laughs> It's impressive. At least I want to be surprised. Hey, St. Elmo's among the best. I'm going to go to Halls down in Charleston among the best. Absolutely. There you go. That's consumption. <laughs> you guys are my sources. <laughs> King, what do you got? Will Charles Barkley get a $50 million contract oh, for the LIV Golf? Hmm. He's waited on him. Unbelievable or what? David Faraday left. So, at least it's not Jim Nance. My God. No, Nance. Nance 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 defines loyalty. He Uh, what? Nance defines loyalty. I said he's not going anywhere. Defines loyal. Yeah, he's loyalty to a fault. 
Yeah. All his uh, he gets too like, oh my walk across you know some stupid oh, bridge at the Masters. Yeah, but you know what? Like it's I, a holy moment for him. But you know what? Crap! I hate that. But you know it's what? It's called I've a golf tournament. <laughs> I've talked to I've talked to Jim enough during during the course of my career. Yeah. That's who he is. Yeah, it's wonderful, but it gets yeah. old. You I know. know. I'm just, I know. I, I like the guy on uh, NBC better. I think he's Dan better. Hicks. Dan Hicks. Very good. Yeah. But yeah. Charles Barkley, I mean, he's never called golf. And they're offering $50 million. I think it's yeah. funny. Barkley will tell how it is. That's for sure. Uh, Steve, what do you got? Kyler Murray rents Top Gun Maverick, tells Arizona Cardinals he's watching more video. <laughs> have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> have not. Me have neither. Not. Me neither. I heard it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, so. no, everybody I know saw it loved it. Yeah, I can't get anyone <laughs> to go with me. So, I may just go alone. So. Did he call that disrespectful, too? I'm just, I, I'm just telling you. <laughs> you know, it's disrespectful. You call me bitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know I'm bitter. You're not bitter. Bitter is being a Red Sox fan. That's bitter. Oh. Oh. My God, Steve, they can't feel the baseball. They are embarrassing. That, Holy, they don't have a first baseman. They're a major league baseball team with a quarter million dollar or a quarter billion dollar payroll, and they don't have a major league first baseman. Well, they what haven't have I, had what, one. What for have a long I said time. all year? What have I huh? said since since the middle of spring training? Since the middle of spring training, what did I say, Matt? The Red Sox are a poorly constructed team. Yes. That this guy has not done a good job of constructing it. And what was one of the positions I targeted that shows they're poorly constructed? first base. Well, it's because he's bringing that Tampa... That's that's It's BS. That Tampa I mean, mentality of yeah. you don't need to have superstars. You can bring players up within hey, and still stop, win. And, start, stop concentrating. Hey, I mean, what, what position are they going to give up next year? You know, uh, we don't really need a major league catcher. You know, <laughs> we got a good first baseman now. You know, it, it, it's very strange that they're to me the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals. The, you know these main teams. They don't build like that. But no. they they got all That's the money right. in the world to right. go out and Use get it. the free agents and Use it. Yep. yep. Stop. Your fan Stop base working. is not going to support that. No way. You can get away with it in Tampa because their fan base is like if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. Hey. Right. Uh, the Red Sox fans are ready to hang themselves. I mean, yeah. good. Look, the bottom line. The bottom line. The first made three errors last night. Of course, I, I mean, that's little league stuff. I know, oh. and it's look, and it, and the, the bottom line is this: you're going to have to start proving to the Red Sox fans that your primary concentration is the Red Sox and not trying to get an expansion team in Vegas with LeBron James. There it is. Right, that's what people are worried about. Sir, I'm serious. I mean, yeah. He, the, the John Henry group has done, by the way, a great job with Liverpool. I really like what they're doing with the Penguins, by the way. 
Yet the primary interest is the one that they've got to take care of. You can't sit there and go, hey, I'm glad LeBron's one of our one of in our ownership group in the Fenway Sports Group. Let's get him an expansion team. No, make your baseball team good. Well, there you go. he has won them four World Series. Yes, so, I know. That's what I mean. No, I mean, no. and, and they're me. in it every year. I, I yeah. see. I'm. A, I like John. John Henry's. John uh, Henry's been great. He has. He's I really, a I'm brilliant businessman, and he's. He doesn't owe Boston anything because nobody else. I agree. Won. He won. That's right. So I agree. And I, no, he I, does have a huge payroll. You know, I mean, I like when they lost twenty-eight to eight the other night. What are twenty-eight to five? Yeah. Well, nobody talked about it. was Nathan Evaldi gave up nine earned runs in three innings. Yeah. You know, you've got this big payroll, and these guys are not producing. And, you yeah. know, that he, he's still putting out a lot of money to put players that He's got Chris Sales, who's pitched yeah. uh, 10 games in three years and been paid $90 million. That, if you own it, you kind of, I don't care if you're a billionaire. They're still yeah. looking at it and saying, what am I paying for? You know? Well, um, as 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 you know, Matt, I, when they signed Sale, remember what I said? I wouldn't have given him six years. Yep. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's how I feel about stuff like that. But that's, well, that was a big controversy up there, too. Because who who's the one they let go and went to the Cubs? Um, um, are you talking about Mookie Betts the to the Dodgers? Oh. Oh, John Lester. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't sign him. Right. And then they signed Chris Sales to the big contract. Uh, yeah, and, I know. And it's, they're a funny team. I mean, I don't. I believe they should sign Bogarts. But they, they messed with him. Uh, yep. I don't know about exactly. the third baseman. He gets hurt a lot. Since they're talking yeah, about but... the greatest hitter of the but God, he's always hurt. There's something wrong with him all. Can he the be time. hurt against the Yankees? That'd be great. If what? Can he be hurt against the Yankees for once? That'd be great, especially when Garrett Cole pitches. Oh, <laughs> it's like bat practice against oh, Cole. Geez. Cole would be better off just to hit him. Well, uh, hey, I don't. Hey, it, get, it's not just the Red Sox. It's just the whole thing as a whole. And so you're trying to bring in this Tampa mentality no. and it's not voting well in the fan base at all yeah